The name's Monsters. Media Monsters. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. I am your host, Nick, and I am joined by... Uncle. Jim Uncle. I am KGB Agent Duran. And... Dr. Know-It-All. <laughs> All right. Happy, happy Apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if, if this beginning sounds edited to hell, it's because everyone took long breaks before they introduced <laughs> themselves. But uh, today we are starting something special, something that might not end for another three years. But I think we're going to be looking at the James Bond movies, and of course we had to start with where it all began, Dr. No. Al, why don't you take this away since you wanted to do this episode? Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, Dr. No is basically, it's essentially a film, it's about a, uh, what happens is uh, James Bond is sent down to Jamaica to investigate uh, the murder of a CIA agent. It's, it's a very, very simple plot someone got killed and they're going to go they're going to go find out exactly what's happening it's nothing nothing amazing it's a pretty basic setup so it's but the more importantly like we said this is the first film out of the entire series out of the 27 films to date uh i believe those 27 are are canon to albert r broccoli with the exception of two others uh so there's really about 29 films in total it came out in england in 1962 and then was released internationally in 1963 215 days later it also has a runtime of about 100 uh 111 minutes depending on where you look so it's a it's a pretty interesting film being from the 60s it's, it's a film of its time yeah i was uh, i was looking at what other kind of movies i had seen from around this era and the only kind of like comparable thing Duran probably has better examples but the only comparable thing for me was um probably like north by northwest was was the mm-hmm. only kind of like similar similarly plotted and you know acted movie yeah a lot of um these early bond films uh at least like contemporary reviewers would say are kind of like ripoffs of hitchcock movies or just like the kind of like hitchcock style i'm not so sure how much i agree with that but definitely like that whole globe trotting adventure and like beautiful scenery um beautiful women beautiful women there you go it's very it's very like um hitchcockian you know you have like to catch a thief or north by northwest or the remake of the man who knew too much for example would you say it's it's because would you say it's because of the um the amount of tension that is trying to be put into the film for the tone yeah 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 definitely there's parts of that though i think that a key difference is the bond films don't quite really do suspense in the same way that hitchcock does and obviously, like, I think that Hitchcock's aesthetic obsessions are, like, far too specific for, like, a like a work-for-hire director to kind of replicate. And instead, like, choose to take the more, like, spectacle side and the general, like, thriller side of his movies and implement that with uh, the Bond formula. Yeah. And that's an, interesting, that's an interesting thing that you said, the Bond formula, is the fact that this is the first, this is really, like, it started its own thing. It really is the the real start Absolutely. of the of the James Bond style, the James Bond style spy action uh, thriller, um, especially coming out of that time in Hollywood where it's like you said, you all you had was the Hitchcock stuff, and now you're getting into, you know, you're rolling into the '60s where you're getting away from the uh, for for the most part, you had a lot of um, musical uh, movies with music in it, you know, musical bits in it. And unfortunately, we uh, that does spill over in one scene of this movie that <laughs> ruins it. That compares it to a uh, 
kind of drags it down to an Elvis movie level. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Elvis is a spy. <laughs> he gets his wish. What um? What did everybody think of the movie overall? Well, you know, I I think it's hard to take a 2022 view of this movie and not dog on it. Um, but for its time and and its placement in history, this, like you said, this is what makes the Bond formula the Bond formula, and it continues on with the the movies afterwards to create that formula. You know the the you know the villain in the lair of uh you know austin powers well this is where it comes from you know the 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 bond girl that you know they continue that in austin powers and and many other movies and you know there's other things that come along after this you know the characters like m and q are not very strong in this first movie and you know money penny and, and you know all these people go forward and they get more developed over time but you had to start somewhere and this is it so that's a really good point let's so if you're going to start somewhere, let's start at the beginning. Let's really talk about what really makes James Bond movies, makes James Bond movies. What is, what's the expectation and what are you looking for, especially in 2022? Does it tick off all the boxes at that point? What does it, like you said, you call it the Bond formula. It's very simple. James Bond movies are known for a couple things here. An opening is, you know, the character of James Bond the villain, the Bond girls, the supporting characters, the gadgets, and oh, and usually the way, I'd the, say the, a location. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. that's and and oh, there is a plot as why <laughs> you know why all this is happening. And oh, by the way, it's nothing too uh, nothing too original. It's a guy with quirks trying to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, I'd also say like a, a significant part of the Bond formula is uh, sadism as well. Uh, yeah, just like the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> rela- the, re- so the, rela- the relationship to violence that the Bond movies have is really interesting because there's there's plenty of scenes in this movie that I think were very very violent for the time. Like there's yeah. a lot of a lot of like very like bright red blood you don't really see until like movies from the late 60s or early 70s. And but at the same time, there's like this strange levity either like immediately before or immediately after the violent acts occur that I think to a lot of critics at the time, and this was actually um, one of the big points a lot of critics were saying at the time, um, that there's like some some like level of like sadism. Um, so, it's like kind of like Bond like enjoys his... Um, one of my Bond, notes. <laughs> Bond is doing his job and his job is to kill people, but he's also <laughs> enjoying it. He loves Did doing you, it. You know, that, that brings up a really interesting point, especially with... Uh, a certain fight scene in the movie uh one of the more oh, we can get into scenes. it which one okay so when when he goes and shoots the henchman at miss taro's apartment at her bungalow yeah the, uh, is it the professor you're talking about he yeah the guy that, that failed dr now he, mm-hmm. he shoot in england they actually edited down from six shots um that he like repeatedly shot the guy to down to two and they actually edited the amount of uh times the guy was punched in the face or something like that to that effect um they they brought the violence down there also you say you know the level of sadism you know for the time if you compare this against what casino royale where he's getting racked on when he's sitting buck naked on a on a chair getting racked with a you know with a monkey fist you know right in the nuts it's yeah it's it's pretty whatever but also you also see you also see his level of unhingedness 
at one point where, Hey, by the way, he gets in bed with one of the three women. He like almost like snaps on her at one point, like when he, like he really wants Italian food, but he, he does something, <laughs> yeah. he does something. And he just like, kind of like, it's like he, he, it was like, he was like going to grab her neck or her hair and be like, do, do what I say. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it's kind of like a, did he just do that in the sixties film? Should we, like, oh should we God. get into this? Should we get into James Bond as an really, asshole really? in this first movie? No, 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 no. Before we do that, I'd like to talk a little bit about that scene you just mentioned. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, you, you mentioned how like they cut down from the six shots to like only two, but even like those two shots, I thought were like very brutal. Well, first of all, there's like no reason for James to actually kill this guy since he poses like no threat to him whatsoever. Um, but even let's say like, okay, let's say like he has to kill this guy. Even when he does, he like shoots first at the guy's chest. And then this, this guy is like clearly dead, but he walks over to him, stands over him and then shoots him again in the back, which is like, I don't know. That's, that, that, that's like very sadistic. I think. Um, Duran, do you know why he, Duran, do you know why he did that? No. Cause he'd been drinking. That's true. <laughs> Does he does he give a does he give a quip after <laughs> that one? I'm I'm stuck on the know. quip thing because like one of my notes was literally just James Bond watches two people to burn to death in a car and then tells a joke to a horrified witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does that also to the uh, to the like cab driver at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Also, yeah, yeah. He uh, I think he gets his quip in before he shoots him. He's just like you got you know. You just gave up six or something like that. Like you just <laughs> shot off six rounds or some something like that. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's go back to let's let's go well, back I, to where it I, starts. Can I also say, you know, one of the things that they're doing is that you know this was pretty much a a dime store paperback novel. You know, wasn't a high quality, you know, highball. You know, it, it wasn't meant to be this you know, highfalutin. It wasn't you know, meant class. to spawn a 25 film franchise that well, would exist it, it, 50 it years meant later. To be, it was meant to be, you know, the the male equivalent to women's romance novels, right? Do you know? It wasn't meant to be, you know, a, yeah, obviously it wasn't meant to go um, into necessarily movies. It was, you know, there were so many books that were written before the, the first movie came out but um, it, it was meant to be a cheap novel that they happened to choose and say, hey, we can, we can make this into a movie and now we can continue on with as many books, uh, movies that are in, that there are books for. The only reason, the only, the, one of the big pushes to, as to why the, this movie got made, why the James Bond franchise even got picked up was the fact that JFK said From Russia to Love is one of his favorite books. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the only reason. Back yeah, to I was your, reading about that. Back to your point about the the dime, the dime store um, novels, the pulp mm -hmm. novels. Go look at pictures of the early publications. They're they're basically rags. They're like rag books. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got you know the basic formula pulp style cover, probably probably printed on on cheap uh, paper. Yep. And the only and this isn't even dude. This is the thing. This is the first film. And which is really funny because you guys say, oh, this is the first film that lays the foundation. This is the sixth book in the series. Um, the only reason why Thunder, Thunderball didn't get made, Thunderball was the one they were shooting for, but Thunderball, there was an issue between Ian Fleming, a production agent, and Albert R. Broccoli and, guy, and uh, Saltzman. I'm probably butchering right, his name right. right now. They got into it 
And the only reason why they, they, there's only two reasons why this movie got made. Why, why they went with um, Dr. No in the first was a, it was the, the litigation, you know, everything tied up in litigation with Thunderball and everything. And B it's a simple plot. There's only, there's only two, there's only two locations it's filmed. One is on Jamaica. It's in Jamaica. And the second is in Dr. No's lair. It was a really, it was, dude, it was made for $1.1 million. That, that layer that the guy created cost like less than $18,000 to, mm-hmm. to create. And yeah. that, and, and he actually, he actually made, um, he did the, he did the work on Dr. Strangelove. They hired him to do the Dr. Strangelove's lair. So that's, it, this movie wasn't made out of like, this is what's going to launch it. This movie was made out of convenience. So yeah. that's, so that's, that's the, kind of the weird part where you go, Hey, this is the formula. Well, six books have been written and then three more were, were, were published by the time this came out. What I heard about the development of this movie was Ian Fleming actually like wrote the treatment for this as a TV series. And it was supposed to like, it was made specifically to boost tourism in Jamaica. <laughs> that <laughs> is, you know, it's, you know, what's really funny is that he, he didn't even want Sean Connery. United Artists didn't even I'd, Sean Connery. I'd believe that. They wanted they were eyeballing Roger Moore, but Roger Moore was tied up in the same. It's it's crazy. Like the amount of people that became James Bond, James Bond, like James Bond affiliates or alumni. Like it's not like they're like, well, we're done with this guy. We gotta go find a new guy. No, they're they're well eyeballed way before. I mean, they yeah, it came out three days ago that's confirmed that Tom Hardy's eyed that he's probably gonna be it. I have my thoughts on that. Moving I don't forward. think. Yeah, Moving I saw. Forward. Tom I saw Hardy's that. a bit too old at this point. Tom Hardy's a bit too non-James Bond. <laughs> so actually, so. I think that um, Peter Lawford was going to be it for a while for doc- for um, James Bond and Doctor No, but yeah. uh, he like turned it down to the last minute or something. So did Cary Cary Grant said no. And Guy mm-hmm. Hamilton almost directed it, and he ended up directing like uh, like a few of them. I, th- I think he started with Goldfinger, and then you know went on from there, but. He almost yeah. directed Dr. No. So, like, okay, so let's, like I said, as I'm trying to pull us back to the beginning, okay, let's let's really get into the beginning of, of what really makes James Bond movies James Bond movies. It's what you kind of expect in opening. You expect an action sequence followed by, you know, all the animations and the, and the music and the, the hoo-ha that goes with it. <laughs> so it's, it's, really quite interesting that you know I, it's it's this isn't ugh, this i isn't, hate the, the way that this be- first one is edited i i hate the way that this first one is like edited because it goes from that first animation that iconic like gun barrel animation and yeah. then it just crash cuts music onto like now we're doing the, the, the poke no it goes to the polka dot opening and then it crashes again to the three blind mice and it's just yeah, the most like here, <laughs> is just so bizarre. It's weird, and that's the fact. Is that that's the thing? Is a couple of treatments where they talk about like longer, uh, longer synopsises. Rather, they talk about these assassins, the three blind mice. I'm like, they were assassins. I'm like, I thought they were just hired guys to shoot to shoot somebody. It's not like they were a massive role in this movie. They yeah, do they appear a few times, though. To be but fair not, to that, dude, they ain't, they're not Jaws or Odd Job. <laughs> I mean, come on! But they're just—they're lame in comparison. The, this was the, the gun, one made for a million dollars. So let's. 
I mean, let's go, let's go back to the gun barrel sequence in general. Yeah. That gun barrel sequence is that's, that's a staple. So that, that gets all the props in the world for that. The fact that it's actually filmed with a pen, a pinhole camera through a gun barrel that gets another prop. Did anyone notice that right before he crouches to shoot back, he hops I, I think I did notice that he hops. <laughs> like Doctor, like Mr. Magooey hops. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not even um that's not even Sean Connery. I and he, yeah, it doesn't look like Sean Connery. It's it's not. It's it's the stunt coordinator, and he he's actually it's the same guy for it's the same guy that they did all the close ups for the the spider scene, um, and he does it for four more films. After that, he does the he, no. I'm sorry, he does it up until the fourth film. It's the same guy, and you can just tell it's like you you look forward to that opening scene. You look forward to the gun mm-hmm. barrel. You do, and you look forward to the blood. You look forward to the opening credits and the music. These are things that I definitely, you know, I definitely I associate with James Bond. And it's not like you can say, hey, they missed the mark on this one because they made the mark. that's they set the the, they set the tone the weird thing i think about this movie is that i think it establishes like the formula very well and i think the concepts are all well and good yeah it's just that they clearly do not have enough money to do quite everything they want to do with it dude they're starting from the beginning that's and that's the thing is i'm not blaming them for that i'm not yeah 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 so it's just that there are limitations to this movie and you got to take them into account with the final product yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, that the production design um, was particularly good for the budget. Um, I thought that like the entirety of Doctor No's layer look, looked incredible. Yeah, um, that's where the money the, is. Despite the fact that you know the movie was made for like a million bucks, it looks like a, a Kohler commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a layout on, on Better Homes and Garden. Do you guys know? You want to hear something really cool about the about Doctor No's lair that I found out? Do you remember when he when James Bond stops and he looks at that picture? Uh, he, oh yeah, yeah. The, the Duke of Wellington. Okay, so that that picture was that picture was actually stolen. Not that one, but it was stolen from the London Museum of Art um, about a year prior. It's a Goya, and it was it was it, that's the Duke of uh, the Duke of Wellington, and that one got so that one got stolen. Was a year it the before. actual stolen one? Not in the film, but <laughs> they, it, it's the the it was painted over the weekend before they st- shot the scene. So that really gives kind of like, oh, cool. You know, like Dr. Dr. No steals art as well. He's just, you know, scumbag like that. But someone actually stole that, the fake Goya after it was done. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I think that's really interesting. And like the fact that you talk about the lair, Duran, is they, they brought up the mixing of antique and contemporary design to make it look like this is a guy who's modern, but he's, he's, you know, the bearskin rug. Yeah, he's embedded in in tradition and in history, but you know, he probably it gives a kind of character like he's bigger than he really he thinks he's bigger than he really is and he thinks he's, you know, as clearly as racially offensive as the character is because they couldn't, you know, on a Mickey Rooney level. They did that a couple of times in the film, but they they actually brought in smaller um smaller furniture on purpose to make Sean Connery look bigger. <laughs> That's funny. Do we want to continue with the opening? What do you... I think that they they really do a good job with this kind of first introduction to James Bond. They kind of lead up to it very well, you know. 
I'm looking they for do. James Bond, and then, you know, you have camera moves right into this poker game, and the poker game goes on for a little bit before you actually finally, like, reveal, and there's Sean, and he's, you know, famous line, Bond, James Bond. So, let's go back to when the guy... Like when the guy comes in, he's like, Hey, I'm looking for James Bond. It's like, Jesus, the guy, he just can't hide. He lets everyone know who he is. He's just not like <laughs> for a spy. It's like, you might as well just be handed out cards and say, James Bond spy. Here's my cell phone. You know, here's my phone number, my landline. It's just, it's really funny. He does I literally always... give a card to one of the girls that he talks to. It's so hilarious. And then it's so funny. Cause like, so like, let's talk about him as a person. Like as, as I'd love James, to. As, he's he's as a horrible, man. horrible person in this movie. <laughs> no, is he a person? I, I oh my god! Yeah, no, he he really is just like a two dimensional like misogynist man running around this this little adventure here. Well, I think that the thing about James Bond and uh, one of the reasons why I think it was able to be such a, like a big success is because it's really like the ultimate fantasy for real spies. Because like real like real CIA agents, for example, at least like like the old ones going back to like the founding of the CIA, like James Jesus Angleton, for example, they're just huge nerds. Most of them are just like literature grads that like you know are probably like terrible at sex. Um, Ian Fleming and, like, himself, I think, yeah, is exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's no like coincidence that um, you know CIA MI6 love these novels because they they like glorified what's really like mostly a boring job and com- like a completely like unglamorous and really like dirty and disgusting and evil job if you think about it but instead like the way that like James is presented here you know he's ultimate masculine ladies man he loves he loves killing you know um he's he's like a, he's like a a, a two dimensional ideal of what spies want to think they are Let's go back to to Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming, actually, one of the reasons why he didn't like Sean Connery is the fact that Sean Connery is Scottish. James Bond is English. Sean Connery is is working class. James Bond is is he's raised of privilege. John, uh, Sean Connery is completely just a rugged dude. He's 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 rough around the edges. James Bond is refined. But what they don't what probably the reason why like again the most exposure that at that time that anyone has had to James Bond is through the dime store books. James Bond is a booze hound. He is a womanizing booze hound. Don't forget that. That that was his character. And the fact that Sean Connery is also balding in this film and it's covered up that you can catch it a couple of times. <laughs> he has a re- but he's just that's the thing is that I think we're working at a disadvantage because we're so exposed to the Daniel Craigs. We're so exposed to the Timothy Daltons that at that time the points of reference was basically it was what everyone thought of in the books, you know, what we pictured them to be. And like you said, they're literary nerds, they're working class guys, these guys in CIA and MI6. When you were saying that, all I could picture, and you picture these guys dreaming of a better life, all I could picture is beat down Ed Norton, who's an insurance adjuster in Fight Club, <laughs> dreaming of being Tyler Durden spy. Yeah, imagine that guy, but he also assassinated Kennedy. Yes. But what's really, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a really funny thing. Nick, you were going to make a point. I, I, I rudely cut you off. Like no, it's, it's, it's all right. Um, what I was going to say is that like James Bond is Scottish though. He, he did. It, he is. And 
Ian Fleming loved him so much, and which I find is really interesting. He loved him oh, so after his it opinion got made. changed. It did, and he actually rewrote in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He wrote in the fact that his lineage is Scottish. He did that because he fell in love with Sean Connery, like mm. uh, you know, on a, as portraying the character. I don't know if he was in love with Sean Connery, but he just you know he he rewrote it, and I think they even bring that up in uh, Spectre, don't they? Yeah, well, uh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall uh, it's sorry. The, the Skyfall house is on, like, the Scottish Moors or something, so. Yeah, exactly. And that's the first thing I thought of when I heard that, when they said that they rewrote to go to, to go to that. That's, I mean, bringing that back up, let's go back to, like, like I said, he's a booze hound who's rough and rugged and, and pretty much a working class guy. On that aspect, maybe Tom Hardy is a great pick. During the announcement, they 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 said they were like two year two years away from the next production, whatever it's going to be, and they said whatever it is, it's going to be a big change. And I think I don't know, not to speculate and take away from this episode. Do you think the big change is going to be a period piece? I'd, I'd be psyched about that. I mean, look at if they were going to stick with if they were going to stick with tom hardy look at him in legend so look at look at him as you know what he does in legend in that 60s era i think that's that's a i think that'd be great i think that it'd be it'd be really good i mean the only other guy that i've i've always thought of three people that could possibly play two other people that could possibly play james bond and the other one is before for a a drastic change is idris elba and the other one is clive clive owen Eh. clive owen would be great so both of the i mean both of those guys are just like they're it's a matter of finding a young British dude at this point. Yeah, stop going after Taron Egerton, please. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be busy doing Wolverine, so. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I hope it's like a black woman just to piss off all the fans. Just because, like, I so the nerds that complain about it are the most annoying people on Earth. So let me ask you this. Okay, this is a good time to ask the question. We know that 007 is a title because at one point in, uh, in one of the more recent movies, he loses, no time to the, die. 00... Yeah, he loses the 007 title. Is James Bond the person or a title? See, I've always, that's the question I've always loved to think. And I've always liked to think of it in the way. Ian Flux. No, no. Think about uh, Men in Black, how they lose their name and they become a, they become a letter. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this, this case, they become, you know, they become, they can easily, it's not so much the number, but James Bond is, is the guy's name. It's, it's the new name given so that they can't really trace it back that's the way i always thought of it and i was it's never been explored and it wasn't until lately like you said they, he lost 007 he's just it's a serial number and they just replace it with whatever um and i thought that was a pretty cool move but like you said yeah. what are they going to give her jane's bond you know gonna <laughs> the name jane. jamie jamie bond do, do you know that uh do you know that james bond has a brother I I feel like this was in a corner of my brain, but it hasn't been touched in years. Yeah, so James Bond, going back to his Scottish heritage, has a brother named um, Seamus. And it, that can't she- be right because Seamus is James. No, just listen. His name is Seamus Bond. He's a, he's clearly the biggest failure in the family, and no one's really happy with him because he's such a degenerate. Is that the guy um, that shows up at the in Skyfall? Is no, and the fact is that. You know, they've just basically his name is Shames Bond, and the fact that you guys just totally that oh I just got. I all knew the- he was. I knew he was locking <laughs> us into a dad joke. I knew it, because Seamus is James. No, I'm back. Shames Bond. Okay, he's he's the worst brother. His <laughs> name's James. Oh my god. 
Duran. Oh, I got, I got you. <laughs> Duran, Duran, I'm sure you have a, a a good reading point that you can give to us in this moment. What do you, what do you got for us? Let's see. Oh yeah, so something that I found really interesting. Um, I'm reading this piece by Jay Hoberman. He's a, he's a like a film critic slash film historian. It's part of his book called The Dream Life, which is about movies in the '60s. And he has this um a passage about about Doctor No, and he talks about how like. The British Empire during this time is like completely like in decline. The the British Empire, like, of course it still exists, but after World War II, it's it's nothing like it, it used to be. So like um having this this fantasy of like, you know, this this globe trotting British agent uh is I think really interesting. It's like it's like attempting to salvage the kind of like, you know, the classiness and the superiority. Of, of like the British people, um, sorry, the British, uh, the British empire. I don't know, what, what did you guys think about that? When they were making the movie, Hollywood wouldn't give them money because they told them that it was too British. <laughs> what, really? That's, that's how I respond to this. Also, interestingly, Jamaica actually got, um, became independent, I think the year this movie came out. Interesting, okay. Yeah. It's, it's so funny, cause like, I totally, everything we've ever seen about Jamaica, and even when they've gone to Jamaica, where they in other films, I'm like, that's not Jamaica. I'm like, that's totally. I'm like, I totally have thought that that it's been like um, the Cayman Islands the entire time. I'm like, that's not. I'm like, these are the most unbelievable Jamaican people coming from me. But you know, you just, I guess, I'm like expecting Rastafarians walking around, but they just were. It it just was a really unbelievable scenery but it's just yeah yeah well i mean it's because it's because they were like brutally colonized so like you know all the um jamaicans there it's basically like servants to the to british citizens that are living there yeah so it's just yeah i, I could agree with it what nick says like maybe this might it might be too british like kind of like you know but it's like no you know in the 70s you gave us british tv shows and they're way better <laughs> they're way better than three's company <laughs> so in fantasy island i mean i'll take i'll take benny benny hill over three's company it's the just it crowd yeah i think that this movie is also great like british propaganda into thinking that like you know they're our as americans equal since like the the role of like the cia in this movie um seems to be this kind of like equal agency to the mi6 when in reality like the mi6 is nothing compared to the cia at this and time <laughs> It's so funny because, like, when Jack Lord shows up, um, the guy that plays uh, Dan Tanner, Felix uh, Leiter, yeah, well, he's Dan Tanner in Hawaii Five O, <laughs> but yeah, he, he plays Felix Leiter, and he's got, he, dude, he's he's wearing Wait, like isn't Dan Tanner the guy from Las Vegas, the original Las Vegas is he? show? It's whatever the guy's name is in, <laughs> in Hawaii Five. I don't know. He's <laughs> Dano. No, You're talking Dan's about his... old people things again. All right, you need to okay. Get well, off t- my lawn. We're talking about well, we're talking about the 1960s. But it, what's really funny is like Felix, Felix shows up and it, it's like, dude, you, you're wearing women's sunglasses the entire time. It's like it's not that like, hey, those are chicks' glasses. It's just like, no, you're wearing like Jackie O glasses, dude, the entire time. You're not menacing, and he's kind of like, yeah, he's just not. He kind of they make and they do a really good job of it later on. They make this CIA kind of look bumbling. In, the, in this film and, and kind of like a heel. Well, they always but love they, to have a bumbling American, I think, because, you know, but, later on they have that sheriff guy. But like later, but what I'm getting at is like later <laughs> on, they bring they bring Felix up is 
you kind of get that he's like a the counterpart, the American counterpart yeah. to James Bond. And it's he, just he becomes the best man in his wedding. But it's and that's really cool. It's like they bring up that that level of respect of the CIA with MI6 and go, they play a good part saying like we are equal agencies and we work together. Um, mm-hmm. But in, in reality, like intelligence never has that kind of like. But that's the thing. Yeah. So like you said, you're laying the, again, we're going back to the laying the foundation and you're getting into his physical appearance, the way he dresses, his charisma, his schmarminess, where he just says dumb, quippy things his fighting style. There's not a lot, there's fighting, but like you said, the fighting that does happen, it is on a brutal level. Some Jim Kirk level moves. But it's because he's been drinking and, and, and gambling and he's 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 fighting mad and his schmarminess. Oh my God. Uh, he loves he, card games, man. He's he's like <laughs> constantly playing card games. He's playing solitaire by himself. Right before he shoots again, right before he shoots the guy. And I can say the only one character flaw, and this is where he really like, it's like, really, dude? Really? He starts singing when he sees Honey Rider. He sings to her. It's awful. And it, it's it's actually Sean Connery singing. But other than that, it's like, thank God they got rid of his his like, let's think. Let's like, you know, let's think about it. What can we do? We could let's just keep giving him musical parts. No, thank God they got rid of that crap. Thank God. But I mean, and then you get into like, so moving past that, then you get into like, let's get into like Dr. No, like as a villain, you know, like we touched on it before. You know, like you said, he's he's got a cool name. Doctor No is a pretty cool name. As um, you know, as far as like establishing Bond villain names, it it's it's pretty good. It's easy. It's easy to remember because I'll tell you when you start throwing out like Blofeld's first name and you, and the the man in the gold. What do you mean? Gun, you telling me a guy named Ernest isn't very uh, uh, no, intimidating? It's, it's not that. It's it's like a they've got these really like Goldfinger's first name is like was it Aldo Goldfinger? It, no, it's, it, it's Auric, which it's, means gold. I it's cold it's cold <laughs> but yeah I did that so but that's the thing is it's like magically delicious <laughs> I know but like I said you get you get into these things you get into some funnier names that that are oh, a little come bit come on hard. come on all the the female characters names are hysterical I know but they and that's that's the thing and we'll get onto that we'll go into that one. <laughs> honey rider I think Joe's that for trench for doc, <laughs> for Doctor No, um, he's a lot more interesting up until the point that we see him when yeah. he's this kind of like ominous, am, ambiguous, um, like ambiguous figure in the background. He's a lot. He's a much much more menacing. I'm thinking about the scene where um, the professor, his his henchman, goes into that huge room and he just hears that booming voice of Doctor No, and you can't actually see Doctor No in that scene at all. It's much much more menacing than like you know finding this this normal looking dude and having like the least interesting motivations possible no the less we know prosthetics yeah the the less we know about dr no the better in my opinion so his his plan is he's going to start world war three that seems to be like that's like the ever grow like that's like the running that's the theme. evergreen uh theme of like a, a good spy movie is i'm going to start world war three <laughs> i'm the bad guy <laughs> so do you guys know all right so do you know what happened a couple days after this opened what <laughs> was it the cuban the, missile crisis exactly oh cuban my god crisis, which the which i believe it probably it bumped because at that point the movies i mean it only opened in oklahoma like at when it first came out and they loved it but it got a bump because of you know the, the cuban missile crisis started and they're like hmm, 
what? And that's part of the reason. That's another reason why that they shot in Jamaica was the fact that the other places where they possibly, if they were going to go with other films, the U S army was, was testing missiles in there. Like, look, our, our missiles aren't too accurate. And they're like, yeah, we're going Jamaica. <laughs> we're just going, we're going with the other one. So they said, yeah, let's, let's, let's not do that. But I mean, Dr. No, it's like, he's got an easy name. He's his, his motives are, you know, pretty simple, plain and clear. This is what it is, I guess, you know, cause no good guys are starting world war three on purpose. Yeah. Let uh, me, I want to say something. I think this movie would have been 10,000 times more interesting if that dragon turned out to be a real dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tank with flamethrowers. And that's imagine if they had introduced a dragon into a James Bond movie all of a sudden. That needs to be a script that gets made. Yeah, and it's 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 pretty good. James then, Bond meets Game of Thrones. So then the fact is that you know, like Doctor No is pretty much his menace ability is the fact that I've got robot hands. Um, I'm basically I'm very smart. Yeah, I'm I I can talk down to you and call you a stupid policeman like nobody's business, and that's it. I'm just a complete asshole. That's about it. But it's like, well, he's he's going to get the job done. I still don't understand completely what his motivations were. Like, what? His, his someone someone is wronged him, and now he no. wants to do evil. He is the bad guy that wants to do the nuclear war. That's his yeah. motivation. <laughs> we it's need a, it because someone needs to do it. Someone hurt a, him as a child. And he's 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 so he's pervy about things too. He's like, you know, what do you say? My henchmen are going to amuse her. Or she's going to amuse the henchmen. It's like, oh my god. It's like you threw that in there. You said that, and it's like they're like they're just rubbing the radiation off this girl, you know, in the in their like pink suits. <laughs> what they, they, what is it like? Uh, Modox people? What are they called? Oh, aim. In the, aim. In the yeah. I was like, hey, that's where Aim got it from, <laughs> and it's just like, it, you know, his henchmen aren't too henchy. They're just like kind of like you know. Yeah. His, his no. One the end of this like, movie. The end of this movie's not very good because he just kind of like he he turns that wheel and he just sort of has a little tussle with him at the end and just sort of pushes him off of that little elevator and that's it. Doctor No you is dead. You know what's funny is that after watching this and you guys are gonna probably like kick me off for this, like I I kind of like I was like wow maybe maybe Austin Powers was a little bit smarter than we realized it was. <laughs> But it's just like right, I was like so. So, in addition to the twenty-seven Bond movies, do we have to throw Austin Powers in that list too? No, uh, that's, no, no we're not going to. Come on, for comic relief. We're not going to do that. Enough so, of but, these yeah. movies are comic relief. Yeah. So I mean, but like like you said, they he made the he made the comment about you know amusing the henchmen, and then did you did you guys catch the the line that? You know the line where they said Miss Taro is talking. And is she it says, when she says I like cooking? No, she One says the... my mouth. She goes, but my mouth is too big. And he goes, Nope, your mouth is plenty big enough. It's like, oh, you, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I was like, you dirty bastard. What? So he's. It's really funny because I guess they said that a lot of a lot of people who the girl who played the girl who was supposed to originally play uh, Sylvia Trench. Um, the one in that wears his his shirt breaks into his room and decides to just wear his clothes. The girl that was originally supposed to play that said she's like, I'm not gonna do that. There's I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not I'm not bringing myself down to that level. Do you know who she actually? She actually has a, a career in in the Bond franchise. Do you know who she is? Oh, uh, I no no I don't. The, ori- the original choice was Money Penny. 
she's that's actually okay. the one she turned it down and she became money penny for 14 movies after for a total of 14 movies um not a bad deal again like let's look at that let's look at yeah i mean she's right because like sylvia trench is a completely useless character she is she's a throwaway character dude miss taro oh well to God. be fair so is money penny in this movie that's true yeah Miss, yeah, she isn't, she's not too, too memorable. I mean, the only thing for the most part, other than it being money penny, like other than like the bikini scene with Honey Rider, no one's name is really that memorable. And that's the thing is, and going back to Austin Powers is, is the fact that we, we are looking for those really awful double entendres. I mean, come on, you got a woman named Octopussy. Dude, for real. <laughs> it's just, it, that's that's kind of the staple is, Okay, how how do the women look? But how ridiculous are their names? Like you know, like like it's just so it's 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 hilarious, dude. Yeah, it's, I was saying like in the pre-show that there are no female characters in this movie. There what isn't. Was the, what was going for the Kathy Ireland played? She had a doctor I, something. Oh yeah, it was it was. Oh, I I've pulled up I pulled up a few. Um, you know, Pussy Galore from Goldfinger. That's mm-hmm. a classic. There you go. Nice. Uh, Kissy Suzuki from You Only Live Twice. <laughs> Doctor yeah, exactly. Holly Goodhead from Moonraker. Exactly. Are you serious? Yeah, that's awesome. But, but... Zenia on a top from Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is, you go, you know, it's just. I mean, I could I could tell you right now that hey, what's the girl in a bikini? Her name is Ursula Andrews. You know, that's that's the thing. You can remember that name quicker than than Honey Rider because I, I, I want to call her like Honey Wells because these are basically like porno names. Like yep. that's what these, they've turned all the Bond women into exactly what's supposed to be opposite of what a Bond girl is. They give her porno names. They basically reduce her down to either A, a base. Do they know. have like regular names in the books? I, I, I probably not, but you know, let's, let's, you're talking about like, like Duran said, these are literary nerds who are just living out their fantasy. It's like, Hey, let's have this really hot chick and give her a really like her name might as well have been like honey Wells. Like well, something like, really like I bad. said, it goes back to these were meant to be, you know, pulp dime, dime novels. But then it goes back to the, the sadistic chauvinistic mm-hmm. bend you to my will motives that james bond it's like if you don't get like ultimately i'm gonna drink and gamble and if you don't do what i want and i'm gonna stop you from getting your way i'm just gonna basically shoot you but that's that's the james and then i'm gonna womanize that's like a, a friday night for james bond dude so it's like let's dude none of them are assets none of them money penny's the only asset in this one and she's not even included as a bond girl because she's really just a sidekick the that's liability- not true honey rider has a side knife that he uses once yeah, what she's gonna throw reliable. She's like, she's like, you're not getting my conch shells, and she's like, aim shows up, and they're like, give me your conch shells, and he's like, she's like, okay, <laughs> but it's just like, it's like, okay, that's the thing about that. They're disposable. If they die, no one's gonna really care. Um, the fact is, the tongue and cheek memorableness of the jokes is way better. Like the the joking names and the in the sex comments that he makes, and that's the thing. That's how they disguised a lot of their. Uh, got away from being so chaste was was the little jokes yeah that's what i what i read that like they they were allowed to kind of get away with some of this stuff because it's you know like oh he makes a quip afterwards and it's funny yeah and that's the thing is that you kind of like it was the start of marvel (laughs) so like like let's look at 
you know, like talk about quippiness, like look at how bad Schwarzenegger did that in all his movies, like his dumb little quips after he kills people. It's like, wow, that's a, you just stole that right from James Bond, man. Well, I think yeah. it works really well. Why don't you total, let off some steam? It, it works really well <laughs> exactly. in, total, in Total Recall because that yeah. movie is kind of like a satire. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, so let me ask you this and, and I don't know if someone can look real fast, which, which came out first was uh, Enter the Dragon or Enter the Dragon came out after this, correct? Probably more know. than more than likely it did, but like even look at that guy, the bad guy in that, he's got like a, a hook hand. Yeah, and this like, this was ten years afterwards. Yeah, exactly. But I just thought about that when we were talking about like, you know, the robot hands on Doctor No, and that the original guy who turned down Doctor, one of the guys that turned down Doctor No, he's like, I think he sent a memo back. It says Doctor No, 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 no way, and that's how he turned the role down, all because the guy had robot hands. And what's really uh, funny is the guy, the two guys who who turned down Doctor No uh, later on, Christopher Lee, who's actually Ian Fleming's cousin, and, and a, Max, a later Bond villain, yeah, and a later Bond, and Max von Sydow, who became Blofeld later on. Um, you know, I forget what Christopher Lee's name is. He's the man of the gold with the golden gun. Yeah, I I just know he's in that. I don't know what his it's name like, is. It's like San, Ernesto Santiago Stradivarius or something. <laughs> you got you got to respect Max von Sydow for getting that bag in between doing like the greatest movies ever made with Ingmar Bergman. Yeah, was, a, dude, his career is really interesting. I, yeah, I could go on a whole tangent about Max von Sydow, but <laughs> but that's that's the really funny part is you go. It, it, some of the some actors you just go we are what attracts the talent here <laughs> yeah so for so but that's the thing it's like let's really look at it okay so you have in this day and age you have certain movies that you certain are gonna pull certain certain actors just to have the notoriety a marvel movie a star wars movie uh directors like um oh my god a scorsese movie i would think that people would just turn would get these in a james bond movie you're gonna grab a james bond movie to say i've been in a james bond movie um i think the only i mean 27 movies with a possible 29 um the only the only other the only other i think franchise that i think has more like the zatoichi movies and zatoichi the blind swordsman has remakes and it has tv shows well, wouldn't that be more about like securing the bag than getting clout? So typically, like actors get clout by doing quote unquote art movies, and then yeah. like the the way that they like finance the fact that they have to you know get paid ten dollars by I don't know some like art film director is yeah. uh, by like doing like you know these bigger franchise films. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I guess that's proper Which budgeting. Is probably it's you know it's a big cycle then because you know then that you have you do bring kind of prestige by being in the smaller movies to these bigger movies and then that that has some pull so that's uh, yeah it's a very interesting relationship you just nerded out man come on man <laughs> <laughs> me what? no is, those are those are good points there's the very very good point like yeah like you said secure in it it just it's good but that's the thing is like going back to like you said at this point no one knew a James Bond movie was even going to go through. And what's really funny is the fact that when this came out in America, they were, they were already halfway through shooting the second film in England. It had already, it's like kind of like Kiss. They were already making movies. Before, they were already making another album when the first album got, the previous album got released. Yeah, and we, on, that, on that note about coming to America, so something that, that I found really interesting about this movie and James Bond in general is the uh, reciprocal relationship it has to politics. The way that like um, contemporary politics at the time, of course, like inspired Ian Thelming to write these books and then how 
James Bond then inspired contemporary politics. So yeah. in this in this piece by um by Hoberman that I was reading, he was comparing uh James Bond as a character to JFK and and how like like you mentioned before, JFK was like a really big fan of James Bond. He had Dr. No Screen in the White House, he had From Russia with Love on his top book list or whatever. And there's there's like these like strange kind of parallels between him and the character. So of course, like the the womanizing, the boozing, but also like the recklessness. I know that like Seymour Hirsch wrote this kind of like controversial book about JFK like 10, 15 years ago about how his presidency was defined by his recklessness. And actually in this, in this short piece, Hoberman, like, like, like how you mentioned the Cuban Missile Crisis happened like just after this movie came out. Um, there's like some, some strange like parallels to that and like JFK's involvement. So actually there was this article that came out around the time JFK apparently saw Dr. No, where JFK like said that for the first time he's going to discard the the no first strike policy from the United States. And that actually prompted a counter thing from from um from Khrushchev. He got like really mad. He started like like arming and building with a lot of weapons and that kind of thing. So it's 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 really weird how like um this this like fictional character informs not only the president of the United States, but also, you know, it, all these like intelligence, uh, all, all these spies from around the world. I mean, uh, like he was a huge inspiration to, to CIA agents. Um, Fleming actually had a relationship with not only JFK, but also Alan Dulles, the head of the CIA. And I think a lot of other people in the CIA too. I didn't know that until you just said that. And that's really, that's some really cool things. And I totally, yeah, I get it. Like that's it. it, it like you said, it's just, how much influence did this have? Because like you said, you have these literary nerds are dreaming of a better life. And they're like, hey, this is what it is. And that's the thing is people think that that is, you know, a kid growing up thinking that, hey, I'm going to be a spy. And the truth is you're like filling out, you know, requisition forms in the in the basement on a Saturday night before Easter. <laughs> you know, I hate yeah. your life. It's really so. great for image making, um, the James yeah. Bond films, because... I mean, the reality of espionage is actually like, like I mentioned before, like disgusting, evil, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to betray him as, you know, this pretty black and white, objectively good character who gets all the women and kills all the bad guys um, makes espionage guys look, look great. Um, yeah. And like, you know, if it wasn't for um, all those papers that leaked in like the mid seventies about the CIA and then like the establishment of the House Select Committee on Assassinations and the potential disbandment of the CIA, then our idea of what a spy is would maybe still be completely framed by James Bond as a character. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing you say a spy. That's the first thing you think of is, you know, you think of James Bond when you put on, I mean, just to see how much influence, I mean, especially as, as a person, you know, 40, 47 going on 48, when you put a suit jacket on, you go, do I look like James Bond? Cause I feel like James Bond. And it's like, you don't look like James Bond and you're like still in your boxers, <laughs> like, you know? And that's, that's yeah. the thing. It, you just go, it, it, it's definitely something to the image that in what it portrays is it, it projects, it becomes something to go. Do I feel like James Bond? Do I feel like Han Solo? Do I feel like Indiana Jones? It's just those, you're equating the way you feel towards a character reference um, you know, do I feel like Fonzie? 
that's a that's dating myself but that's the thing is you know do i feel like elvis these are these are things is you're you're equating these to this character character things and that's like you said going back to that people like hey i'm gonna sign up to be a spy because i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get gadgets i'm gonna get a gun and that's that's such a a big important part about james bond is not in this movie where he doesn't have any gadgets and that's see (laughs) did you you see what i was doing (laughs) so i'm going into gadgets now he has one gun at the beginning and they make him give it up they do they make him give it up like completely like yeah you're not was that even q who who gives him his new gun i wasn't even sure i think it's q i think it's q but that was m no m m is there m is there yeah M is the director. Q is the is the you know the gadget quartermaster. Guy. He's right. Yeah, yeah. I just I guess I I guess I missed Q if he was in this movie. He he he's he's so small, and I believe he's the director's brother. Oh this. okay. Um, and he's just he he has he's not Q like we know him. He's not the John Cleese. He's not the older guy who played Q forever, and he's not the younger new new Q, obviously. But he's just not that Q yet because we're not into gadgets. He has one, James Bond has one gadget in this whole film, and it's a Geiger counter. That's it to test to test rocks. That's all he's got, dude. The gun, I mean, the gun. He gives up a Smith and Wesson for the Walther PPK. That's the thing. Okay, so that gun, along with the bullet sequence, along with the theme, that gun is is so important because synonymous it's synonymous because it's a walter ppk uh 380 and you just know it it's like if you know it you know it it's the gun dude it's in the double of it's in the 007 logo Mm -hmm. you know and i think they switched it but because it kind of looked like an old german pistol before but it's the gun the car dude the sunbeam this is not the james bond car this is not the james bond car comes in goldfinger this this is not the Aston Martin. Is that the uh, first time the Aston Martin appears? Is Goldfinger? DB five. I think it's called yes, a DB five. It's, a, it's uh, the Aston Martin is introduced in Goldfinger, the next movie. So that's the thing. It's just the sun being Apple. Okay, whatever. Car gadgets. It's not the Bond car. There's no car gadgets. I think is it. Does he say uh, Martini uh, shaken not stirred in this? I don't. Does he ever say that? I think that the, I don't know. I don't. Guy he doesn't say it. Says it. Yeah, he doesn't say it exactly. He says like you know, stirred, stirred, not not shaken or something. It's not. It's like something yeah. slightly off from from shaken, not stirred. Yeah. So that so it doesn't tick the bars. Other it doesn't tick the boxes other than the gun and his suit. That's it. Yeah. I, suit. So it's this is weird. It this it kind of it kind of reminds me of going back to like. Uh, this isn't going to be relevant to i don't think any of you but like if you watch like the first fast and furious and the, <laughs> after having watched the other ones and you're just like the formula is here i see the formula but not everything is here doctor mm-hmm. doctor no has more gadgets than he does i mean he's got a, he's got a he's got a dragon tank and robotic hands and then he's got that he's got that really also cool also a radioactive suit yes and and the ability to scrub away radiation by his minions. Do you guys know that? Um, going back to his lair, do you know that the aquarium? <laughs> do you know the Do you know the thing about the aquarium in the footage that's in the film? Uh, I know it looks very badly composited against that screen. It's it's a project. It's it's stock footage of like goldfish <laughs> being being projected onto a big 
a big magnifying like glass and they they say how they do it in the film in the film it, dude it, it's stock footage because that's all they could afford <laughs> it's and funny actually... it's funny the bits that like there's the car chases like talking about the effects of the car chases in this movie oh i love how I love love they're just love. kind it's of like... static shots of like cars moving pretty fast <laughs> yeah that, yeah then... all that reprojection yeah, and it then, really, really stands out in the movie. Yeah, and then I the dude, I love near it. the end, the rear projection where you know it's the classic like you're you're turning the steering wheel a hundred times in a hundred different directions, and it's like it's yeah. not how you drive a car. That's <laughs> this isn't car, how this works. Does the car explode when it when it crashes? Yes, it does. When it the, when guys, the one the goes off the cliff. Yeah. I yeah. love it. It might as well explode in midair. <laughs> he, it's it's a funeral car a and he says looks like they were on their way to a funeral and yeah. and the horrified onlook is like what 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 did you just say to me it's it's a really he's an asshole it's great <laughs> he's like you know the only way you can make him more american is just make him from massachusetts let's <laughs> like, let's, let's just cast him as a guy from like no dude bill from bill. philadelphia <laughs> dude get get bill burr to be James oh my Bond. god he could be shames bond <laughs> he's like hey look like they're on the way to a funeral huh <laughs> yeah and even like do they stop it, at dunks first yeah his like his the gadget it's like it's not there yet it's not there yet. going back q q is like okay q's just kind of like i'm your boss have a gun and if you don't like it you're fired no that's him no, yeah, M. Sorry. Yes, M. like Q's not even there. Like I don't. He just. They, they don't like, even name drop like Q. It's just like, like yeah, this is our like, quartermaster. Come in. He has a new gun yeah. for you. Put down the Smith and Weston. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so funny. Like Money Penny. Other than like you're not getting in my pants. That's about all we. I dress good and you're not getting in my pants. I refuse you. But that's like as much, you know, as much development as we get. Um, the introduction of Felix Leiter. Uh, you, you make him look like a heel. He's just a heel in this movie. He's like, I got you by gunpoint. He's like, have your gun back. It's just, so what the hell? I, I don't even remember him past kind of the first time they introduce him when he's like, when Quarrel oh, should... comes to corner him in the red stripe. Well, this room. is this is purely like British Empire propaganda. <laughs> he should, no, no, he because should... like, because like uh, you mentioned before, um, Al, how there's those like buffoonish Americans that uh, come in like the later. Um, they yeah james bond movies but like like the this the entirety of like the james bond character is basically attempting to resurrect this dead empire which i think i find that very perfect british gentleman yeah so that's the thing is like so you have felix leiter for like he helps him for like a total of 10 minutes at the beginning and then when he saves him at the end he does the stupid like you know what i call the chips laugh and it's just like so at the end of chips um chips the, the show Chips in the 70s and 80s, they used to always end it where they were either at the disco or they're like laughing about some stupid joke with like their their hands on their uh, their hips. Like, ha, ha, ha. It's just like, dude, he does that. There's like, look like you need more time. Ha, ha, ha. Him and Quarrel, it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I'm we, a really big fan of, very... the, of the Michael Pena Chips movie. Dude, like... <laughs> Quarrel. Like, Can we quickly quarrel. address Quarrel and like how how kind of bad that character is? <laughs> he tells him to take my shoes. At one point, take my shoes. Oh my god, dude, that's like the that's the equivalent of like in Caddyshack when the guy's like polishing the doctor's shoes in the in the clubhouse and he's like just destroying the guy's shoes. But yeah, Quarrel, like, dude, you can't even under. Oh my god, dude. Okay, so. 
Is I don't. Which, I, which one is Quarrel? Quarrel Quarrel's the the dude that gets killed by the dragon that oh, follows yeah, yeah, around yeah. for like most of right. the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense that the character be portrayed that way because remember, remember, Jamaica is still colonized at this point. So basically, yeah, like, the entire the everyone in Jamaica, all like the native Jamaicans, are yeah, just they, the servant class of the British people here. They gave them like um, and I I don't mean to be whatever but they they really kind of gave them like the emus and andy and like step and fetch it yeah it, routine it's it's, it's pretty not bad. good <laughs> it's just like wow you this is but again this this is a movie that is a product of its era and if you're going to talk with going back to timeliness that yeah this this needs to go if they're really going to do period pieces later on like that aspect of it what's what's really good is like later on they do give them they give them equal ground, if not higher ground for better character, um, you know, in comparison to James Bond. I mean, even, um, is it Jeffrey Rush? The guy from, the guy who just played- Jeffrey uh, Wright. Felix, Jeffrey Wright. the guy who just played Felix. He just yeah. played Felix and he does a really good job as Felix. And he he's just like, to the point, he's almost like a more level-headed individual uh, than than James Bond is, where James is just like, looking around the bar, seeing what he can take home. Part of that, it's, I think, is just Jeffrey Wright being Jeffrey Wright, though. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... Cool as well, a good number. Actually, on, on that point, that's a kind of interesting parallel to the, the rebranding the CIA is doing right now and, like, trying to, um, like, celebrate diversity. There's been, like, a lot of, like, ads the CIA has put out recently about how, like, oh, I'm, like, a Hispanic person with, like, anxiety and, like, you know, oh, I, I, I've, you know, I've seen this far in the those CIA. Those are so weird. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, this gay guy who, like, runs the 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 board game club at the CIA and stuff like that. What? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, no, these I've, are real. I, no, these I've are seen real. these. Yeah. I have seen yeah. these. These are really um, weird. That's crazy. It's, it's really interesting. But, I mean, it makes perfect sense because, I mean, that's just the way that, um, the culture is heading towards and CIA wants to draw in as many people as possible because I think as you guys know like the main avenue for CIA agents to, to be recruited is through like colleges mm-hmm. yeah yeah they had a big presence at my college so that's that's crazy and even like you see it all over like um LinkedIn and Indeed it's like wow they they advertise for the FBI and CIA on Indeed <laughs> they're getting desperate I, I didn't know that <laughs> I was like and it says you're yeah, your profile matches this perfectly. The guys who killed uh, JFK me. and MLK. Yeah. So, <laughs> but again, going back to like this being very much a period piece, um, you know, like I said with with Quarrel, I think the main the main issue I have with Quarrel, and this is a this is a production value, um, other than the, the, his portrayal of the character, they just don't they just kind of like fool him out, but dude you can't under it's like the audio cuts out on on some level up with him it's like you can't understand him even at one point when he's in and he's going to shoot that like as we keep going back to the guy who gets shot like multiple times dude there's reverb all over the room it's like what the hell it's like ooh, i guess this is what you get for 1.1 million so that's all i really i mean i think that overall um i do think that i've so i've watched a lot of movies from this time period but I do think that this movie is like particularly egregious in like certain areas. Definitely like the um, you get a sense of the British Empire here and 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 all its faults, uh, kind of like summarized in this little in this little bow here. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it's just a very interesting movie because of like the time it came and then like 
what it started and then you know it there's just it it interacts with the world around you in a way that like most films i'd say like don't especially well like to this to this level because like james bond is such like a we're we're 25 films in i think on the on the mainline series 27 and then 27 is it 27 are you including like the the non the non ones i'm pretty sure it's 25 man is it okay? I have to double check on that one. But we so, did two at Casino Royale, didn't we? Was there another remake? Casino Royale is not the first. Casino Royale is not considered James Bond okay. at all because it's it's a it's a spoof on it. But then you know, and I didn't know the Casino Royale came. The second Casino Royale came out like the first. Sorry, I didn't know that the first Casino Royale came out after this. Um, I thought it always came out. I thought it preceded the. Peter, I thought the Peter Sellers Casino Royale preceded this, and that's what it was yeah that, that that movie has a very like weird interesting history i guess like like i was saying he he sold those rights to someone else and then like uh yeah. I, I guess they they like couldn't they couldn't use specter for a long time when they rebooted the movies oh god yeah let's, i don't know that was a whole thing yeah let's, I, let's i heard that it was specter man i heard that it was because they, they did a satire since they didn't have the budget to do like a proper james bond movie so they decided to like settle for a satire anyway and hire 11 writers. Dude, Spectre, the worst. F- oh my God. Are you joking what Spectre stands for? Like, <laughs> dude, it's about, it's about as, you know, it's, it's about as good as, you know, cryptic order of benevolent, cryptic order of benevolent reptilian apostates. Seriously? <laughs> like, seriously, that's, that's what it means. It means like, we're going to, you know, what are they? Systematic, problematic, erectile. There's, I don't know what that was called, but for <laughs> counterintelligence, whatever the hell Spectre means, I forget. It's just so ridiculously awful. I mean, overall, the the tone of the film is, you know, it's something new to to the era. So, and it's very, it's very according to, you know, it's very much according to, it's very appropriate to the time era. The flow of the film, I don't know. It. it it's fine, really. It's it is what it is. That's, what do you guys? Yeah, that's take that's kind of what I take away from this. Is like what I said at the beginning is is still kind of how I feel. Where it's like the the concepts are good, like and the formula that it creates is good, but they just clearly don't have quite enough to pull off everything they want to do with this, and that is what yeah, so is really hindering this. What they yeah. started with was literally a dime store novel. And they haven't quite figured out how to turn Take a it. drink every time you hear the words dime store novel in this episode. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't quite figured out how to turn it from that pulp fiction into something that's that's workable on screen, including the characters and, and including all the other things that we get to love over time. And, yeah, I think and it's generally even, agreed that like Goldfinger is kind of the time when they have figured it out, but... Sorry, keep going. Well, Goldfinger is only the second movie, and there's still some things in Goldfinger. Uh, Thunderball is three, Goldfinger is two. No, it is not. No, I think from Russia with Love and then Goldfinger. Okay, all right. So I watched them out of order. I thought I was okay. Um, So I'll go back and watch. (laughs) That's book order. So you know, and and I'm looking forward to you know watching the rest of them because it's been a while. I, I remember, you know, years ago that. Uh, these movies would always run in the beginning of December around my birthday. So I would watch as many as I could. And this going back and watching this first movie, I don't, 
I think I've seen parts of it, but I hadn't seen the whole movie from beginning to end, uh, as far as I recall. And it's rekindled, you know, the love of the franchise. And it's also, you know, I, I see flaws in it, like we're all saying, but, you know, it, it gets better. It yeah, gets much better. Like and you said, it's also the reason why I like, you know, the Mission Impossible movies, too. You know, yeah. so... It, you know, it, it, I'm going to enjoy going through the rest of these movies with you guys, whether or not we get as far as all of them is, is up to us. Yeah. It's just, like I said, the, my biggest, my biggest issue I think with the film is, and it's not having to do with, you know, just it's, it's first starting out. I think the only real issue I have of that, it's just not compelling enough at times to sit there and like spend an hour, hour and, you know, 10 minutes with it. Uh, you know, an hour, not 109 minutes with it without getting up and leaving and going, doing something else. It's, it's the audibility at certain, at certain levels. Oh, my dog's barking. It's the, it's the, it's the audibility on some level and just going, what did Quarrel say? And that's, and that's just, that's, I mean, that's just, like you said, you're dealing with a low, a lower budget and, you know, technology at the time um, compared against the other series, you know, this is gonna it's, compared it's to the, the starting entire, location it's it's the start so you, it's it gets a it gets a handicap of 26 percent because <laughs> because of because it's got it's got a bunch of other movies to compare it against but like i said it lay it laid it out pretty well and it's it, it's a great great starting point for anybody on this one yeah i thought that it was like pretty agreeable didn't really have a strong opinion uh, one way or the other um it was it was an enjoyable watch more or less but I think that it's um, really interesting the context of like image making and myth making, both at, for um, espionage agents and also in the 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 last waning days of the British Empire. Yeah, yeah, British British it's, Empire, uh, dime store British novel. Empire, that's another British Empire. <laughs> British store Empire. Novel. Take another shot. British Empire, uh, dime store novel, and uh, chauvinistic Pulp fiction. James, James Bond Chauvinist. is an asshole. James Bond is an asshole. <laughs> and he's been he's been drinking sadistic fighting gambling take a shot take a <laughs> shot there you go but there yeah i go. mean it's just if you were to show me this as the first movie to fall in the series um i wouldn't have i wouldn't be into james bond the way i am i mean i got exposed to um what was the let first die. movie you remember live and let die abc friday night movie yeah Ro roger moore i think alex roger. and i all agree that roger moore is our james bond Roger yeah, Moore's mom. Mom also thinks Roger Moore is, I, is her James Bond. He's he's got a leather face, and I I love him. He's just he's he's terrible, but he's just he's not the he's not the best James Bond, but he's I think he's my favorite for pure. The nostalgia. worst is Dalton. I don't know what it, we can get into all that. We'll compare. I mean, this grow this is going to grow and grow and grow, and we'll find out what the best is at the end. It's like Animal Olympics. <laughs> after after like three years of, of slowly going through these <laughs> yeah i'm hoping that we stray away at some point oh we I'm will just, i'm just joking. maybe By the we'll time do... we get to moonraker i'm sure we will oh, moonraker is actually the one i really want to do oh, no, I, I like i'm that's the one i don't want <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever watched moonraker that's like the the I one james bond movie i really want to watch yeah so it sounds awesome you want to hear something really funny is the fact that this is so this is 109 minutes long, right? 111 minutes, and it it made what our like... episode today? No, no, no. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's what that's what we're gonna do. But so this one is 109, 111 minutes long. Um, 
for a film. And it, I think it like, it cost 1.1 million. It made 50, 56 million. So, so it's not the shortest James Bond movie, whereas Quantum of, um, is it Quantum of Solace? Yep. yep. Quantum of Solace, 106 million. And then um, would they spend 300 million on that one to make it? I, I have the facts. It was, I don't know. Quantum of Solace was the one that came during like the writer's strike and people generally oh, don't like this one it's awful and it's just like what really sucks is the fact that danny boyle did not do that one correct no he's been circling okay. those for a long time he almost did he, no time to die he got pulled out he got pulled off of um he got pulled from quantum solace and he was he was the reason i wanted to see are you quantum sure because no time to die he was also pulled from yeah, yeah. he's been he's been mentioned a he's, lot wait he was just, pulled from two different james bond movies dude i would love that i was on a i was on a danny boyle kick at that point i love danny boyle he could do no wrong on my book but i dude okay. when's have the you seen yesterday podcast, though have i seen yesterday yes have you seen pistol pistol is no. amazing dude pistol is amazing shallow grave dude. Dude, sunshine give, 127 hours let's just start naming see. danny boyle movies sunshine sunshine's amazing Anyway, go so, dude. Let's go back. Give give us. I like trance because the first time I saw like naked woman in a theater. Awesome, um, dude. So give us give us a James Bond where it's like I said, Tom Hardy, a timepiece, and put Danny Boyle in it. Sold. Sold. As long okay. as it's not directed by Carrie Fukunaga, I'm down. I don't think <laughs> Carrie Fukunaga is directing anything again, <laughs> considering what's happening to him right now. Yeah. So, I mean, overall. I mean, I, I basically, I rate this at like, you know, probably a five, out of, you know, five out of ten, five or six out of 10 is what I'd give it. I give it a 47.83%. You bastard, you changed your vote. <laughs> All right, Jim is starting to like doodle Z's on the screen. So I, I, I guess that means we got to go. All right. Thank uh, you, guys. I did. I did give it a higher rating. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm the optimist in the group and gave it a sixty-two point seven. So, I don't and Nick, like. You gave it what? I, I don't. I don't know what the hell I gave this man. I don't want to try and like find percentages of how much I like a movie. You, you gave, gave it a fifty-two. You gave it a fifty-two. So with Duran's wrench thrown in the mix, I think we're at about we're at about a. Actually, five. Nick is as close as as anybody. The, so the percentage I got via your spreadsheet doesn't actually reflect my opinion <laughs> of the movie. It was mostly just because like I was confused. By it's gonna be much lower. <laughs> no, no. Like if I if I were to honestly rate it, it's completely like straight in the middle of the road for me. No, no, like fifty percent. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so we're looking at five point five out of ten for this one. It's a fine yeah. movie, and that's it's a, you know if you wanna yeah. if you wanna get into James Bond, you should watch this first one. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm more like forty nine point seven six eight three. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, we're just staying there. <laughs> but okay, so then we're gonna we agree. Start with this one, and then the other ones. Just you know, we'll see don't what get, happens. Don't get don't get spoiled with Casino Royale because everything after that is a disappointment. So <laughs> don't not all a right. big Skyfall fan. All right, not at all. Not me neither. Oh shit! Fireworks are going off behind me. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I get fireworks too. All right. All right, it's guys. Fourth of July. We're here in fireworks. That means we should wrap it up. So, bye, guys. So it's, uh, it's been good. It's been See fun, you. man. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya.